To find true change in your life, the only way you're going to find it is in the moment. Real, true, conscious change only happens in the moment. See, in prison, there's two modes. There's sleep mode and there's woke mode. That's it. There's no gray area in doing prison time. You're either awoke or you're a sleeper, right? So the sleepers are the inmates and the woke people are the prisoners, right? But trust me, people do their time the way they feel or the way that they want to do it. But each person who goes into jail falls into one of those two categories. Sleepers are the guys or girls who roll in and know everybody in the place. They maybe exchange, you know, some bro hugs and some handshakes and they settle into their bed and they get fat and they start smoking more and they start doing more drugs than they ever did on the street. You know, they don't accept the fact that there's something wrong with them and they just do their time. And when it's over, you know, they just roll out the exact same way that they came in. Expected return is imminent. That's it. That's, that's how it is. The woke people, you know, they do their damnedest not to feel comfortable in their prison. You know, they keep to themselves. They focus inward. They get healthy. You know, they start looking for ways to, you know, prevent themselves from coming back again if they're fortunate enough to walk out those doors. Right? Both of these types are human qualities that we cannot judge or condemn because in essence we're all humans and we all just need to do what we need to do to survive and to be happy neither of these personality traits is wrong if that's what you choose to do with your life inside of your prison but you can't be both it doesn't work in confined areas to be both of those sleepers and a woke person you can't do it in prison especially you need to make a concrete decision about how you're going to live your life it saves your sanity and it saves you turmoil in the long run you know the best thing you can do for yourself is to get to know yourself and how do you do this well you push your limits you try hard shit you force change you change your entire belief system actually you know the way that you thought before going into your prison was wrong. Compulsive behavior, grandiose thinking, uh, superfic- superficial personalities, uh, spending ego money, you know, loveless relationships. All that stuff is what led you to your prison. Now, when I say your prison, I am speaking metaphorically, of course, because it could either be a prison or it could be this prison that you've locked yourself into inside of your head. Whatever the prison is, it's all the same. Right? The only way out is to escape. Or like in a real prison, you work through what it is that brought you there. And you try to get out with a fresh outlook and a second chance at a new life. You know, when you're in jail, you do programs and you better yourself somehow. You know, like I said, programs and therapy and... You know, a lot of the times you just learn to tell the truth. You know, to get out of prison, whether it's physical or mental, you have to open your mind to suggestion and change. You can't be tied to your way of thinking. You must be solid in what you think 
but you must be open to think differently, if that makes any sense. In prison, you're, there's so many ancient ways of thinking. There's the us versus them. You know, there's ranking systems and pecking orders that people die over, right? They use numbers instead of prison instead, in, in prison instead of names, you know? What someone deals with in their prison journey is the exact same thing a housewife is going through, you know, uh, dealing with a husband that doesn't love her or, or a retired athlete after, you know, the sports is over or a young adult in a dead-end job. It's all the same scenario and it has the same solution. The solution is easy. You must evolve. And I say this all the time, you know, I use the word evolve because the world is changing at such a rapid pace that we need to evolve. Verb tense. Okay. You know, you gradually have to change your opinion or belief of something. You know, you develop uh, uh, by a process of evolution to be to become somebody who can adapt to a different state or condition. That's evolution. And that last one is the most important to consider, like evolving to an adaptive state or condition. This is the advice I would give to anybody going into prison or even, you know, becoming single after a divorce. You need to evolve. It doesn't matter where you are. You have the ability to grow anywhere, anywhere. All it requires is two things. You, you do these two things and everything will work out for you. One you have to live in silence as much as you possibly can. And number two, you have to live in the moment as much as you possibly can. Both of those things are the most important when it comes to change. You need to be in the moment for change to happen. Be in the moment inside of your prison, wherever your prison is. Find that time to just stop and be in the moment and you will never feel lonely. You'll never feel alone and you'll never feel lost. Right? You'll be strong and you'll overcome personal issues. You know, the problem with being a human being and being in prison, let's say, or or a prison, you're in your own head, is that as humans we're cursed with a memory of our past life. And we're also cursed with the uncertainty of a future we don't know. Right? We project a lot of the times what we have experienced in life. So we take our experience and the bad memories and we do something to them and we make them our future. That's what it is to be human. That's what our brain does. And it's your job to outthink your brain. We are, our brains are basically programmed to construct a negative way of thinking because we focus so much on our past. You know, when you believe that you're going to end up the same as your past or, you know, you're going to keep experiencing your trauma, then of course you're going to go nowhere in life. If you think your future is your past, then you're going to be stuck in this never-ending negative cycle. And when you're in a prison in your head, that's not even going in your head. When you're in a prison, whatever it is, you only live in the thoughts of how you used to be, especially in a prison. Guys always talk about how they used to have things, how they used to be, or how they're going to be when they get out, right? And that's how people do it when, it, when it, they're in their head in a prison. They think about how their life used to be so great. And when they get out of this 
depression that they're in, they're going to be this way. And it's never that way. It never is. Because you don't take the moment to come up with the plan to make those change. Most criminals, believe it or not, think that they're going to be criminals for the rest of their lives. They've been labeled this since birth. Most people who offend and go to jail have been told they're going to be losers when they were children. And they've heard it so many times and they've messed up and been called a failure and been called all these bad names that they believe it. It becomes a belief. Remember, statements plus consistency of hearing those statements equal a belief. Right? If you say something long enough to someone or if you say something long enough and put it out there to people, you're going to gain followers. That's the power of religion. That's the power of social media. That's the power of fucking songs on the radio. If you hear a song long enough, you end up singing and liking it. That's our human psychology. And, you know, what our parents or people in charge of us when we were children didn't realize is all those negative comments turn to a belief system. And that's what crafts a kid at such a young age. But when you're in a prison, you only believe what you've believed up to that point in your life. So anything you've been told throughout your life as a prisoner, and when you go and sit in a cell, you believe that, and you believe that to be your life. What you forget, or actually sometimes don't know, is that, you know, we are actually more powerful beings when we're alone or in a cell than anywhere else in the world. Think about that. We are more powerful in a cell than we are in our jobs as a manager of a store or, you know, as a politician. You are more powerful in a prison cell than anywhere in the world. It's true. When you're in a cell, okay, this is for anyone never been to prison, maybe you have. When you're in a cell, you have the profound opportunity to explore one of the most undiscovered regions in the world. You. Think about it. You take your favorite uh, celebrity or you take your favorite sports star, musician, you know, anything. And you probably know more about them than you do of yourself. That's what religion counts on. You know, you read that long ass Bible enough times, you start to know more about God than you do yourself. A f- God, a person that doesn't physically exist or there's proof of, you know more about them and their intentions than you do your own. But when you're in a cell, you have the ability to do things that you just can't do on a street. You know, you ignore technology and embrace culture is number one. You, you can, when you're in a cell alone, you can manifest being somewhere else. When you're on the street, you have no choice. If you manifest something, it's manifesting what you got to do the next day, manifesting work, you know, family obligations, marriage crap, right? In jail, you can imagine you're somewhere else. You can fantasize, use that imagination. You know, in jail and in a prison cell, you can focus on being present. You know what happens when you go to the SEG unit? SEG unit is when you you get in trouble and you, you go to the hole. So, all right, so if you're bad in prison, you go to the hole. And the, and the hole is a mentally um, de-escalation project. It's the mental de-escalation process that guys don't know that they're in. 
all right so what happens is usually if you get taken down the hole you go in angry right guys get locked in their wholesale maybe they'll start booting out the door yelling throwing stuff food at the guards you know they generally you know express themselves in a very angry way but with every day that passes they get more and more calm until they become a sleeping machine i mean you enter the solitary uh, confinement thinking about your future you know your punishment your cell in the prison and what's going to happen with all your stuff you start thinking is this affecting my release date right and then a few days in you become more reflective of um what you did to get thrown into the hole you start really thinking about things you start thinking about you know why i got into the hole why i went to jail in the first place you know why i was ignoring my family all those years on the street why all this childhood drama you know this drug abuse you know because of solitude you know you get you have this enhanced ability to relive your past and you have this ability to project thoughts that don't exist this is everything that happens and then and in that second phase and then in a few days later you know you will hit a moment where the change will potentially happen and this is the moment that guys don't pay attention to right it's when you hit that realization stage of where you are who you are and truly the big question is do you even give a shit about yourself you know you hit that spot in the that week or you know third stage of being in the hole when you hit that spot that's the spot that you have to be at to make change happen whether you're in segregation or you're in your home office right you have to find that spot on a daily basis that reflective spot right that's called the present moment like the hole in jail Wait, we all kind of need to hit a hole in our life for change to happen. Now, you don't have to be bad or do something crazy to go and hit that hole, but you need to take yourself there and you need to force yourself to crawl out of it. And the way you do that is by doing hard shit and by doing the things you don't want to do. Right? If you're in a prison in your life, whether it's relationship, job, marriage, then you need to listen to this, okay? I'm talking to you as a prisoner, not as an inmate, okay? I'm talking to you as somebody that wants to change and doesn't want to just feel comfortable inside of their prison. If you want to have change, you need to take yourself out of your environment as much as you can, right? If you struggle with the past, it's important to find a way to be in the present moment as much as possible, Right? Believe in only what you can touch in all aspects of life, okay? You can't touch the past. It doesn't exist. You can't hold it in your hand and touch it. There are scars that remind you, but there's nothing to tangibly touch, right? It's just a stupid thought. You can't touch the future either. You can't hold the future in your hand so it doesn't fucking exist, okay? It's another stupid thought. What exists is this computer, is this pen, is this paper, it's this paintbrush over here, it's this computer software for design, it's this birdhouse over here that you're making. That's what exists. Only believe in what you can control physically, not mentally. Right? If you try to control everything mentally, you're going to lose. Right? You try to control your thoughts of the past, you're going to lose. 
If I tell you now, don't think of the past and don't think of your biggest trauma, you're going to sit there and think of your trauma. That's what your brain does. It wants to keep you down. Your brain is way too smart. You lose every time to it. You're not smart in your brain to try and outthink it. You, and people try. They try to put medication on their thoughts. They try to pay large amounts of money for, you know, for therapy. Doesn't work. You got to take yourself out of your prison that you created. And then, only then you'll find true happiness in life. You know, you got to go and search out culture and consciousness, not ignorance and compulsive lifestyles, right? Your prison whatever prison you're in is a compulsive and subconscious lifestyle. Everything that you're doing right now in your depression and your sadness and everything, it's because you're living a very compulsive lifestyle. You're doing the same thing daily and expecting your life to change. What is affecting you is your mental routine of staying and thinking and regurgitating the past. And to get out of that, you got to embrace culture. My first guest uh, this week on season two of Prison Rules is uh, Quentin Dillard. He's a prisoner at the Lebanon Correctional Facility in Ohio. Uh, he wrote a book about prison relationships that helped take him into a conscious thinking lifestyle in a place that thrives and survives on the compulsivity of men. You know, a lot of people say they want to write a book, but they don't understand what it takes to write a book. And, you know, when I saw your story there, I was like, dude, this is a guy who has undertaken one of the hardest things in the world to do is write a book. And I wanted to hear from you, like, what was your writing process through all this? You know, that was my first big question I wanted to ask you. Well, you know, I, I went through a lot of, um, see, I struggled, I struggled um, in school. I struggled, school was no importance in my household. You know, I left old at a young age, so it only went to um, ninth grade one day. So, but, and I graduated later, I was 16 when I graduated from eighth grade. But school wasn't a, wasn't the problem. The problem, the problem with me was that I never had a, the opportunity. I never put myself in the opportunity to learn. And when I came to prison, in and out of prison, once I finally got, when the Lord set me down, it brought me to a certain point in my life where I just wanted to learn. And as I, you know, I was trying to um, maintain the relationships that I had of uh, relationships with, you know, my kids' mothers, my kids. And, you know, I, it just, I, I, I knew the way that I conducted and carried and act, I had to change. So as I started writing and writing and learning, as the years got, as the years turned and turned, you know, you, you start getting creative to try to uh, capture a person's attention. Mm-hmm. Try to, you know, put the writer there, right there with you when you're not getting business and you're not able to talk on the phone. So you had to, you had to be so creative to where as though they can feel your presence right there as, as but just by reading your, uh, by reading your words. And as I read books when I was in like confinements, you know, um, segregation, things of that nature, books did that to me. So I just wanted to mimic that writing and, um, and that's how I started learning how to write. Wow. So write me, walk me through one day in there for you as a writer. Like, so would you get up and you'd start writing in the morning or would you have to wait till a certain time or like, what was your schedule like on a regular day? 
like it well depending like on what type of environment sometimes you you be in a environment where you in dorms where you right next to somebody you know you might have a row of beds with bunk beds and you might within that row or that section it might be 150 people so everybody running in and out you know it's really hard to try to write in that type of environment you know you got things that fights goes on yeah. arguments gambling <laughs> drinking yeah, yeah. you have all these different natures to, uh, of events going on and happening around you you know it's, it's kind of difficult but once you get established to the point where you can tune things out whether if you got earbuds in your ears or some people write with music listen to the music I don't know how but no. they <laughs> use that to block that that blocks things out so you know if you can if you can visualize that and block those things out you can continue to write now um, you also have settings where you in sales you might have a celly and you know Sometimes that can be a problem too when it's just shared service because you might be in the zone and you might be writing and he's not going to do it like that, man. Let me get let me get a little sale time, like so. It force you out there into those environments where you got to sit around people and 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 this might be more frustrating because now you ain't got your little space. You at a table with eight, nine, ten people slamming cars and slamming dominoes now, mm-hmm. so that can be difficult. So it's just about it's basically like balance the balance. Finding the right uh, 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 selling if you want to sell because you you might not want the light on all night. Yeah. So it's it's just it, it can be frustrating at time. It can it, it definitely can be frustrating at times. Yeah. What, what I do what what what, write, what I do is that I like I write from I write like self help books. So so I study my environment. You know I took what I experienced and what do I been into in life and I applied it. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I was able to monitor other people's behavior. Maybe it was that, that street, that, that, that street waves at me where I was always suspicious, always lurking, always looking out and seeing what's going on. You know, I, I took those those instincts that I developed from the streets and I applied it to people. So I'm very reserved and I'm very uh, particular of who, uh, who doing what and what's going on. So. I see somebody that has the characteristics of me that's quiet, that like being in the cell, like quiet, is like to write or like to read, and then I just choose to bump with that type of individual so I can accomplish what I was trying to accomplish. No, so May, how long did it take you uh, to write uh, straight like that? Well, straight like that, it took me like, man, you couldn't believe it. It took me, it took me well, to develop the knowledge. It took me month, 23 years to, yeah. to uh, uh, develop the knowledge of that. But writing it was like three months because it's, a, it's so much of a repeated cycle. Mm. You know, it's just like, I don't I don't understand how does it don't change. Like, at what point do this type of uh, group that's within the, the prison system don't change? I just think that it flips over generations. I say prison flips over uh, uh uh, every five years for our generations of, of, of inmates, it's like the 18, 20, 23, 23, 20, 28, and so forth. So it, it flips over like that. So it is like they come in and they develop the same pattern of those who was before them. And it just don't, it's like there's nobody, um, no other incarcerated strong man that's really reaching back to the youth and saying, hey, man, you got a good family. Um, you should pay more attention to this. You should pay some more. So me watching this process over and over, I just, I just say, you know, you know, the spirit, the spirit came up and said enough, enough, and I just wrote about it. And it just only took me like three months to write it. Wow.
So you've seen a lot while you were in there. What's the number one thing that you noticed that was everybody was falling victim to? Like, you know, what was the number one problem that you saw in relationships in jail? I think the number one problem in relationship with jails is just people that who are reaching out to these individuals that started for some uh, some mental intention. Like I really see like that by the ratio of men and women is so far off that the men that's that's out there is not catering to them on a mental level. You know, it's just, well, man, thank you, ma'am. Um, um, flowers, good gifts, but it's not no in- intellectual conversations being had. It's nothing to, to, to it's nothing to, to fulfill they, they mental. And, and I, and, and because it's like, it's like either men don't desire to do that or don't feel as though they need to do that because they have so many options. So, and I believe that women seek guys that can have a conversation with them. Other than about a basketball game, other than about um, um, his favorite clone or whatever may, whatever. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Sometimes a woman want to have a a, a extended conversation about parenting, yeah. her garden, uh, 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 how 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 she feel about life, or they want a, a, some type of uh, a connection with a man other than just in a uh, sexual manner. And I think that's the major problem that goes on in prison. Me and know that. Yeah, because you look online, you can see a lot of these dating sites for. Uh, to meet, you know, there's meet an inmate and there's a love prisoner or something and inmate mingle. I think there was one that was called and you know you see these and they're charging outstanding rates, like the rates that they charge for people to sign up there to pen power to meet uh, other convicts all across the country is phenomenal and they and they have you know hundreds of thousands of people on these sites and it seems like when they're peddling it on there they're actually trying to more push an intellectual relationship other than, you know, how this guy looks, you know, a sexual, a sexual relationship, right? So it seems like they're actually creating, right. uh, they're, they're trying to push better ideals for relationships and better, you know, situations for them and trying to set these guys up on, you know, actually conversational and friendships instead of just, you know, conjugal visits, right? Right. Of course. You know? And, yeah, and, that's no causal visit. Go ahead, though. Yeah, there's there's no there's other than a, other than the fact of a hug and a kiss. That's the most like physical touch, like basically that you wanna that you wanna engage in. And it just it just it is it is sad, but it's true that they know they know it's like they teach like they teach guys how to. Uh, 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 build that relationship with a woman in a friendly manner because they know that what where they started at they know it's not about the physical they know it's a it's a, it's a mental thing so if you can sell yourself and it's matter to this person you will stand a better chance of getting where you want to get in a relationship and that's how they color it off to them mm. this call is originating from an ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored Interesting. When have you ever thought? Have you ever taught this there? Like, have you ever had classes there, or ever uh, even thought of 
pitching this to guys because this is valuable information. I, you know, having this kind of knowledge is something that is not taught to us as kids because our parents just weren't able to teach us. They weren't educated that way, right? Right. That's yeah, you. You. You exactly right. You. You exactly right. And I'm working on a book about that right now. But yes, I. You know, I. Um. I. 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 I, I it's like I said. I'm. A, I'm a people watching person, and I. And I watch their characters, and I. And I. And I see some guys be falling straight and being and, and become. They become re-victimized. I. They victimize somebody. They become re-victimized because they keep being taught the same things. And when I see those type of people. That, that that's 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 lost, but losing that way, you know. I sit down with them, I have conversations with them, I try to build them up, I try to you know lead them to a, a life of uh, 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 where they can get some spiritual growth. You know, I'm always talking to guys. Anybody that's willing to listen, you know, I, I learned years ago that I can see an individual that's struggling, and and I can try to motivate them by my actions. But it just it just don't work and it, it become frustrating. And then next thing you know, you ain't you you let the next person walk past because you're like I'm tired of it. But you know I try to do uh, 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 as much motivation speaking as I can. That's good, right? Because you got that, you know what I mean? And and you know I'm I, it, this is something that I think anybody in prison in your environment to start with would benefit from big time because as men. We never stop looking for love, you know. As human beings, we never stop looking for love, you know. And, you know, half of our life, most of us, we weren't experienced with love because we didn't get a lot of it at a young age. You have one minute remaining. So you don't really know until someone tells you, you know. And that would be awesome for you to do. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, I do what I can. Okay, so you... Okay, so you got a great lady here and she has uh she is really uh representing you to the fullest with this book and just with you like she really digs you man you know how did you get to have such a great relationship with her and you're the professional here so i know you're going to have some great answers being the professional romance romance doctor well, you know, you know, with every relationship, you got your trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. When I met my wife, you know, we came into the relationship with our own set of issues. Me knowing that I have issues, and me learning about her issues, and her trying to pick out my issues. And as we went through the process, you know, you got to have, you got to form some type of bond. It got to be some type of bond, yeah. you know, because. People normally bond by being sexual active, you know. So when you build up some type of bond, you know, my my bond with her might be different from my bond and hers. And her bond with me was spiritual. Yeah. I always been a, 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 a person. She built a spiritual bond with me because I'm a spiritual person. So we talk a lot about God and building a relationship with God and what God means to us. And you know, as we went through those process. I learned about her past. She learned about my past. Now, how she interpreted my past, I don't know. That's for her to say. But how I took her past, I see that. Where, how can I be a better person through her? Because I want this woman. And while how we went through those processes is 
we started, we, we came in trusting each other. But as the relationship builds and builds and the distance is still greater and greater, you know, the trust issues come trust issues come back in. Not for infidelity, not from this man saying this. It has nothing to do with that. It just has a, a, a lot to do with times and situation. And if you were a man that truly desires to be with a woman and really want to be with a woman, it's his job and his duty to put those trust issues to bed. And it's hard yeah. because they still left with a with the thought of, I don't know what you really gonna do once you come home from prison. Oh, I don't know what you who you were before you go there. So as you go along with that, you gotta find other areas to debunk what the typical thing with uh women think of men. They think a lot of women think that we are users. Yeah. So me being in the situation that I was in, I was always financially stable. You know, I always had a way to make some money. And my way of making money... This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. My way was running the store. What that is, is an inmate who buys food from his commissary, waits a guy's run out or be placed on commissary restrictions for their behavior, and can't go buy food, they come to my store. I'm the store man, like a like a candy store, yeah, basically. Store man, yeah. And when they come in, and when they come over, um, they like, hey man, I got twenty five dollars cash out, man. What you gonna give me from that? And we just work deals. And what I did, I use what I did. I start taking that money and building up and focusing on my relationship, taking a lot of burden off her, making sure that she not um, looking at me like I'm a user, like I'm taking advantage of. You know, so when you start formulating things that what the typical person think of guys in prison do, you start removing that and start opening up barriers for a person to say, well, I know he's not that type of person. I know he's not a youth fan actually trying to use me. So when you can start getting back to the relationship and start focusing more on the relationship. But if you don't have nothing to debunk a, 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 a thought that's dealing with a person, that has that right to deal with it based on your circumstances, the relationship is going to be harder. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and it does, man. I think a lot of that comes also from a lot of self-awareness, too. Like, you know, knowing who you are makes you better at a relationship. Then, you know, if you're lying to yourself about who you are, you can't be as good in a relationship. I mean, you have to give exactly, be exactly authentic. Or if it'll just never work. And it must be even more so of that when you're in prison. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but the good thing about that is that you can talk. Yeah. You can you can build mentally, you can build spiritually. And you and, and it's like people's if if you're not serving a a a purpose throughout the throughout your stay in prison for us with the relationship of what you can focus on then all that other stuff gonna come into factors. Because even on even means of society and relationships with societies, a man can go to work, a woman can go to work, y'all can do all that, but what y'all doing at night? You know, families are not even eating together no more. Everybody's on their phone off of somebody else's relationship or off of somebody else's business. They not they not even have they not even recognizing that they're not building they're not conversating, they're not having the things, so that part of the relationship is starving. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. with that, it, with that, that can damage a relationship 
you could be present, you could be physically there, but 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 physically you're not there yeah. on a, on, a, on a mental level. So yeah. so it, it, it's it's things you got to, the core of everything in relationship. You got to be able to sit there. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Got to be present to have a conversation. You got to conversate. You got to talk. You got to work out your problems through conversations. And once you start working them out, then it, it falls into a category of uh, why this person the way he is. What have he experienced in his life? Why is I'm interpreting this wrong? Why is I'm making myself feel as though that he's telling me this, but I hear him saying that. But my feelings saying this. So let me look at me. What happened in my past and, and, and what happened in what, how did, where did I develop my course beliefs at? So it's a lot of talking. And if you can't, if you can't, if you're in a relationship with somebody who can't communicate, who can't process what they're feeling and why they're feeling it, the relationship is, 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 is like walking dead. Yeah. And that's one good thing about prisoners, because at some point, you know, as time goes on, you start to elevate on a, on a, on a, on a, on a mental level where it's so like, man, why I keep going to hole? Why I keep coming back to prison? I need to make some type of change in my life. And they go through that process over and over until they realize, you know what, I keep going back to two years ago, three years ago. I need to go back when I was developing this, 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 these concepts of, uh, for, for, let's say, for instance, somebody calling me out of my name. Yeah. Who taught me to react that way? And, why, and who was this person to me that made me act that way? Whether that whether his behavior is supposed to leave him. And you know, when you start revisiting those things, you start seeing you know, you really start to understand yourself. You really understand your behavior and why you do the things that you do. And once you start doing that, then if you're in a relationship you can relate these conversations to her and have with her and she can be telling you about her, then you can start understanding your woman or your man or however the situation may be with that situation. That's how you get to start understanding. Yeah, and you know that's good for anybody inside and out. It seems like guys on the inside, and from my experience, guys on the inside were able to have better relationships because of the communication was number one, was number one. And it seemed like they had dysfunctional lives and relationships with people on the street because obviously they were distracted or they were in a crime cycle or drug cycle or whatever. So it was like different. So it's. It's almost like guys in jail were almost more attentive because we understand that's the glue that holds it together. And usually when guys get out, the relationships become better because you've had that experience inside, right? Oh, it, most definitely. I believe that, you know, because it's, it's, you, you, develop, you develop a real, a real connection of, of, of care. You become loyal to that person because when you're going through the process, everybody that you encounter with on a on, on the basis wait all the time, you being with they're not gonna be there. So it, it, it's like it's like it's you 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 losing all these other connections and all these connections is, is embedded into this one person. Like it's like they becoming everything that you thought you had in others, that it becomes that person. And so, so you, you develop this loyalty with this person that it becomes unbreakable. Yeah. If, and only if, if your intentions was, was, was pure from the start. 
yeah. because if you if you get in a relationship and you and it's some it's it's it's, it's some uh, uh, you're not being authentic from the beginning. You know, you can't mix positive. You can't mix positive and negative together and get a and get a great result yeah. unless you unless you a motor unless you are a, a car or something. It's just not going to work. You see, so if you you know it just ain't going to mix. So if you if you truly care and you truly came into this, this, this getting to know this person with the information you obtained and learned through about yourself. Then you gonna it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a great possibility you gonna go home go home to him. That's it's great. great. It's just a fear. That's crazy. These, these it's, guys. It's more. It's more. Yeah. No, I was gonna say that go these, these guys here are lucky. I hope they know what they have in you because even though people may look at it and go no, and most guys are like nah, man, I'm good, you know, or no, nah, man, you know, I'm straight. I know what I know what's going on. This and that. They got their own game plan, but they don't realize how it's affecting the rest of their lives and relationships that will come in the rest of their lives, you know, especially these younger guys. This call is originating yeah. from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. No, it's it's great. It's great. Trend. So tell me what's next after this book, right? I just ordered it on Amazon. I'm going to send it in to Melissa to hopefully uh, she can get an autograph for me from you. But uh, tell me what's next. What's next on the list? Well, you know, I already got this book. Uh, it's it's available in the bar. Uh, it's one. It's, a, it's it's called Changing Lanes. But I, you know, I wanted. I, that was supposed to be my first book, but God took me in a different direction and made me write straight like this. And um, I'm like three chapters out of this, this book that I'm. I think it's gonna be my sophomore book, and it's called Ghost. It's called Ghost by Emily. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And what it is is about. What it's about is it's eight. It's eight different. It's eight different scenarios of things that reason why is or your or people in your family or ghosts get ghosts on you do your prison thing. And that's what it's normally about. It's it's uh it's 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 hard. It's a really good book. You know, I don't I don't trip myself, brother. It's a good book. Oh that's that's, I'm I'm about to be finished with that. Oh, that's dope, man. I'm glad. Yeah. No, that's what we got going on. Oh, that's good, bro. Never ever stop. You know, like keep writing. You know, I'm excited to read this book. You can order it on Amazon uh, in a paperback for 9.99 or on Kindle. I think it's 5.99 uh, for digital copy. And uh, and you know, let's hope that everybody gets this and and has a chance to read this book. The best part is, I know a lot of people up here you who have just one minute remaining. Who who love to study this stuff and and love to study guys like us. So I'm gonna pass this on to them, and hopefully we can get some more recognition for your book, man. Thank you for doing this interview with me, Quentin. I really appreciate it. Oh no problem, anytime, man. Let it let it be here.